0: hey, thanks for joining us today, Two Age Sojourner, and uh, we've got a special guest. You'll notice Andre and Nick are not on the screen. Uh, there's this other guy that I'm uh, super happy to have on. We've been kind of uh, arranging this for forever, it seems, and uh, due to my extreme procrastination. Uh, it's That was about, <laughs> I think I I've think I flicked, uh, uh, Greg, about a, 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 an email about a year ago. Is that right? Or... A, you know, saying hey, let's podcast like next week, and yeah, um, I think <laughs> th- I think I think it has been through the uh, through the COVID year. We that's just, true. So there's it's extra out, grace yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. There's some it's there's fine. some uh, way to kind of justify that, I suppose, just for this particular year. But um, it was uh, just for anyone that might have been tracking for that long with um, the podcast. Um, it was kind of around the time when Chris and I were talking about, um, Dojovierd and, uh, his, uh, interaction with Klein and just kind of venturing into those waters without, without trying to make too much of a blender. And, uh, and, uh, Chris introduced me either before or after that, I can't remember, uh, to Gregory, uh, do I say Baus or is that how you pronounce Correct. it? Correct.
1: Rhymes with house.
0: No, yeah, there we go. Uh, Gregory Baus, uh, who, you know, is uh, a real fan of David and uh, has been looking at his work uh, fairly intensely uh, for a, a good period of time. We'll give some of his story in a second, but um, you know, and also is a big Kleinian fan. So, how did you meet uh, Chris? To, how how does that connection happen? Was that just kind of via Facebook and stuff, or
1: uh, no? Actually, I knew him as a student when he was studying with Klein wow cool uh, at
0: at westminster california yeah okay excellent sweet so you, and uh you guys got to obviously know each other at that point so he, you know you came up as his first point of reference when he was thinking you know i think i think he said something like um uh, you know you're definitely the go-to in that there aren't a lot of you out there there aren't a lot of you davidian Clanians in, in the world and so you know i'd like to yeah. know more about that but um yeah we're trying to make more
1: yeah We're trying, I mean, we're
0: trying to be fruitful and multiplying and, you know, it's like, you have to pick the two most difficult theologians in the world to pair, pair together, right? It's like, so you're I... going to end up with a superhuman race of, like, hyper-intelligent people that <laughs> that can actually follow both guys and string them together. So, it's, it's going to be quite a feat. But, man, um, it's exciting to talk to you. And, um, and so, just, you know, just because I don't know you, this is the first time we're pretty much uh, uh, talking uh, face-to-face, virtually speaking. And... Um, you know, just wanting to find out a little bit more about you personally, and I'm sure everyone else will be interested in, uh, as well. And uh, then we can just talk about David and Klein and, you know, whatever you want okay. to talk about. So sure, give, give yeah. us the rundown, man. Who are you?
1: Uh, I'll, 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 I'll try to make it brief that my, uh, my little bio, I was born and largely raised in Southwest Baltimore. And uh, I don't know, is it, I, I'm never sure how internationally known, the city of Baltimore is I know it from the
0: Counting Crow song
1: oh sweet yeah okay yeah, I get these random references some people mention the wire
0: <laughs> right, see- so- yeah
1: yeah so yeah. My, my, I you know I was season one okay <laughs> the white nice 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 <laughs> that's, that's like. Southwest uh, okay. anyway uh, grew up in the OPC the Orthodox Presbyterian Church um, oh. in high school I started to read uh, some Calvin all right. at the institutes for my 15th birthday <laughs> beautiful and that's um, a good start right there yeah yeah and i started to read a lot of francis Schaefer and then i got into van till well wow. um i went to initially covenant college which is in uh northwest georgia southeast tennessee near chattanooga mm-hmm. that's the pca college and right. that's when i first r- was
0: really Introduced to doi and Klein both really well. Wow. Were they were yeah. they sort of uh, for or against Klein at that point? I mean all, all Finding a good in not
1: not enough people knew who he was to be against him interesting like okay. yeah, 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 even even uh, there weren't too many like uh, say six 24 hour young earth creationists or anything like that running around at that time. Right. That, that was probably just starting to, people starting to react to, um, uh, framework interpretation of creation days because okay. yeah. just a couple, not long after that in the presbytery of Southern California, it kind of blew up, but, um, Man. yeah, but at covenant now there wasn't much of that. Yeah. But um, I think the first thing I read by Klein might have been out of K. Rooks, uh, the magazine that Jim Dennison. I don't know if that's still running, but. Yeah, uh, we know the stuff there. Yeah. Um, Rider on the Red Horse. Okay. Is that the name of the series? Something like that. The Uh, Zacharias. Yeah, Zacharias Night Visions. Oh, man. And that just, you know, of course, that blew my mind. Yeah, well. So I was like, this is right on. Well, you know, I already, I was already familiar with Voss okay. and uh, Ritterboss okay. and Gaffin. Right. So you're moving so in those directions. it wasn't too much yeah. out of the yeah. way, but, you know, I, I was loving it. So I. I
0: what, what was it particularly the... that got your attention? It, was it his kind of uh, his actual, I don't know, exegetical stuff, or was it more the implications of that? Um, that you were seeing at that point? Or was there anything that particularly comes to mind? Well,
1: it's a, 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 a number of things. Yeah. Um, I think because Ritterboss and Gaffin were more New Testament guys. Right, right. Uh, so I hadn't had a lot of exposure to Redemptive historical approach, biblical mm-hmm. theological approach to the Old Testament. I mean, some, but yeah. Uh, but then I, I loved his literary style. Yeah, I He he, he yeah. wasn't he wasn't just um, exegeting in a great way. Although he definitely was. Mm-hmm. The the mode of communication really it wasn't a barrier for me. Like some people read them and, know. and get put
0: off. Put off, yeah, yeah.
1: And it wasn't that way at all. I mean, of course, I was reading Doivierd as well. so That, that, that would
0: have prepped you well. That up. would have. <laughs> <So> I, don't, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, the um, hyphens yeah. never bothered me. Totally. Totally. <laughs> it happens at the least of your problems at that point. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I was, I was listening, just incidentally, I was listening to, um, uh, what was it, uh, Steve? Um, Who's the, oh, man, I'm hitting a blank here. The Westminster guy, Steve Barr. Is that it? Barr. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, his he was doing a few lectures on covenant theology, and he was just saying that in his talking with Klein, Klein himself, you know, felt himself to be quite a clumsy writer and, and didn't, didn't enjoy the writing process and so forth. I, I find that amazing. I was hearing him say that and going, you know what, that's just I did not even understand that because it seemed to have such that's a funny. mastery of things. And, um, yeah. and it, well, he he didn't he didn't want editors either, though. I know. You know, and it just doesn't square. It's like, dude, you gotta, you gotta give some so, ground. You gotta take some ground. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, so uh, interesting. So okay, you, you were, you were captured by his style and his theology and, and, uh, and his yeah. Old so I was ex-position. already, already committed to um,
1: the the basic, um, you know, covenantal reformed uh covenantal redemptive historical biblical theological right. project and all that. Yeah. So I was already sort of in that world and okay. and so Klein was a great fit. Mm-hmm. Um and I uh yeah, was really getting into doiver at the same time. It took me longer, I think, because while I had read, you know, whatever, Schaefer and Van Til. Mm-hmm getting into the philosophical world of doiverd was a harder uh learning curve yeah but uh in any case so i i didn't finish at covenant okay i took my last uh two years only part-time and didn't finish and then do you, do you know
0: do you know whose fault that is that's Dewey's fault. <laughs> he fried I, your well, brain, man. He fried your brain and he like gave uh, you a new one at the same time. And, you know, he, he puts you on a new realm of thinking. And, <laughs> you know? Yeah. See, they should well, put that in the small print in the beginning of the book.
1: Yeah. Well, there's, there, there's definitely some other factors, but I won't go into that. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, no, uh, I'm just kidding. Cool. Yeah. All right. Awesome. But uh, anyway, so I – uh, I, I was uh, back in Baltimore for a few years and then right. I went out to California with yeah. a friend who uh, was attending Westminster, California, where Klein was teaching. So while, while I was out there, so this was like 99, uh, 2001, uh, I met Klein. Whoa. Yeah. Tell us about was, it. What was it like? Sat in on a class or two. Well, uh, uh, maybe I should, maybe I should, uh, quick get to the end here and then cool, and then cool. go back because right. uh, I want to say something about our conversation. All right. It's it. relevant to cool. the interaction with Doiverd. Okay. But I also met one of Doivert's daughters. Wow. Crazy. Um, You know, I, I should have looked up her first name again, because, you know, I, I referred to her by her married name, uh, Mrs. Verbrugge, or Verbrughe. Okay. Uh, Magnus Verbrugge was his uh one, you know one of his son-in-laws who really promoted his work mm. uh was involved in that i never did meet herman jr but he was involved too he was up in michigan i think uh but anyway so it was nice to be able to you know yeah meet her and that's crazy uh so then i was back uh on the east coast and finished my BA at Redeemer University outside of Hamilton, Ontario, Southern Ontario. And that's where the Doiverd Center is. Oh, okay. Uh, partially, why well, I finished up there. All right. So I worked with them a bit. Um, in 2005, 2007, I was uh, started a master's program at the Free University Amsterdam to yeah. study. Oh, man. You know, Doiverdian yeah. philosophy. Totally. <laughs>
0: See, I can uh, see I, so, the connection.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I so I uh, didn't finish my thesis and uh, ended up going overseas to teach English for about eight years. Cool. And
0: which uh, uh, overseas was this?
1: Initially, I went to Cambodia. Wow. And was there for just under a year, and then went to Beijing, China, for three years. No way. And then I was in Budapest, Hungary for four years. Right, crazy,
0: cool. How did you I find came... that process? Enjoy?
1: Yeah, each um, spot was quite different than the other, and they all had their own challenges. Yeah, I'm sure. and uh, you know what? I, what I was doing in terms of English teaching. I mean, I started out in Cambodia teaching at language schools, and then. Some private schools, and then sort of morphed into uh, independent uh, freelance tutoring.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, what, but then I came back in uh, mid 2018. Sorry, are you just full time studying now? Is that, or are you working as well as an English teacher? I English am English?
1: waiting tables. Oh,
0: ah, of course. Yeah. Of <laughs> see, course. Well, you see, I'm jumping ahead in the story. <laughs> this is uh there are all sorts of twists and turns. <laughs> well, when I came
1: back, when I came back initially, yeah. I don't don't want to go too much into this story, but I was um, working at a um, micro mead bar that we made our own mead. Very nice. And that was cool. That was a learning experience. That's a very useful
0: skill, too, I think, personally.
1: Yeah. Wow. So if anybody needs any help, let me know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's great all right so you got english you got mead you got waiting tables this is getting crazy um so yeah it, yeah you were you were doing um um you, you were telling us you you were sort of doing the travels and then i cut you off and uh keep going
1: well okay so that basically puts me here currently yeah, okay, i'm but... in middle pennsylvania and i'm uh working on my thesis uh involving doyverd and um We'll see how that goes.
0: Cool. And so, you're with uh, Northwest University. We were talking yeah, about that. Yeah. So it I'm
1: enrolled at Northwest University, which is another, uh, you know, historically reformed yeah. university uh, so, has ties to the reformational movement. So
0: absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just, uh, you know, obviously I'm from South Africa and um, it's a great university. It's really, it's, it's, it was quite, um, you know, when all the racial stuff was going on, it was interesting to see how. You know, there were you know almost like the the reform thing was was quite tied to white South Africa. You know, and yeah. uh, and that university was uh, as it was formerly called Potchefstroom University. You know, it was uh, it had like this really high caliber faculty, uh, very strong, and you know all the reform guys went there to train. Um, and it's it's been really encouraging to see what they've done. You know, as a university, they've really they've really changed things up, and they're, they're now I think one of the you know, the shining lights in terms of of you know where things should go, uh moving past that that whole um I don't know, what shall we call it? Racial tension that was uh that was there. So anyways, it's yeah. uh it's an interesting, interesting university for many different reasons and and um, it's really interested that you, you landed up there. That's that's super cool. Um alrighty, sweet. So that's that's you. Yeah, and you gotta tell us about how you know the Klein part. You left the Klein part. Well out. All right. Well, I don't know how much this is jumping the gun, but... All
1: right, all right. Basically... As long as you
0: get to the client part. Like, I'm just like, you met Yoda. You can't not talk about meeting Yoda, you know? <laughs> you know?
1: Um. Okay, well, ba- le- le- let me set it up, and then we'll sort of come back to it. All right. Um. Yeah. And Maybe I'll, I'll elaborate more. So, basically, I sit in on a class, ask to... I might I might have asked to talk to him afterwards beforehand, but um, we weren't able to talk uh, all that long. I don't know. He he might he may have given me at least an hour, wow. so that was substantial. Totally. But uh, you know, I basically told him, you know, who I was and, and what I was doing. You know, I I think I presented myself as um, a fan. <laughs> I would have <laughs> done was the same. Not,
0: I would have done the same.
1: Yeah. That I was not like an official student. Uh, but that, uh, I was taking night classes there and stuff like that. And I'm just a
0: groupie uh, and just, can I hug you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I basically
1: basically said, like, I'm one of your groupies. I said, but I'm a, uh, uh, you know, a student of philosophy and I told him as in, in, in the Doiverd and, um, I said that his, you know, the, the portion that we'll probably talk about that neo-Doyverdian crit- uh, criticism part yeah yeah and uh you know I said appreciated what he was saying and you know I said more about how I took his own work and stuff like that mm. and then I I sort of went into some things that I thought were additionally problematic with the neo doiverdians and uh you know, some things I appreciated about you know how his work had helped me and how I thought that was uh quite uh compatible with what Doyvert was saying. Right. As opposed to these other people. Yeah. And so he had a pretty yeah, you know, he had a very very affirming, very positive response.
0: Right. Yeah, and that comes through yeah. in this section, you know, as as yeah. As I think we've, you know, at least emailed about. Yeah, there's there's something there. You know, he's he's just basically very affirming of the the project in general, and um, yeah, be interesting. So I'll I'll, I'll say more when yeah. I when I talk yeah. about right. uh, the
1: intersection. I'll say more. Let's about do that.
0: it. So give us a little bit about why why you like Dovit. You know, we talked a little bit. Uh, obviously, we've talked a little bit about why you like Klein. There's more to say, no doubt. But uh, you know, give us a little intro into, you know, what what captured you about Dovit and and so forth.
1: Um. Sure. Well, basically, I, ha- I had this whole spiel about his uh, bio, but
0: anybody can read that. Online, yeah. Yeah. So let's get let's that. jump into you. You enjoy it.
1: <laughs> OK. Um, he uh, his philosophical project. Now, first of all, he was I mean, he obviously was a philosopher, but I mean, his professional academic job was as a legal scholar. Yeah, true. Yeah. So he wasn't a theologian. Like some people just sort of think Christian thinker and lump him in with theologians. So one, he was not a theologian. Yeah. Uh, Two, as a legal scholar, you know, he did have some philosophical training. Mm. Uh, But it was before he became a professor at the free university when he was working for the anti-revolutionary party that was kuiper's political party uh uh, the sort of think tank that they had set up after kuiper had died called the kuiper institute um that was supposed to be the the, like policy um yeah i guess think tanks probably the i don't i don't know what a more international yeah, no. word might be but everybody sort of <laughs> uses that term yeah totally that's all good yeah uh policy institute or something <clears throat> right when he started working for them he i mean he was invited to take the a sort of adjunct directorial role uh-huh. and it was right around that time that he started to take uh kuiper more seriously he grew up in a very kuiperian home and went to Kuiperian schools and obviously went to the free university. So he was like inundated with all that. Mm. But it was at that time that like, he sort of like rediscovered the importance of Kuiper. Mm. This great mm. interview. He has a TV interview from 73. I have online some clips wow. from that.
0: Oh, cool. And he was
1: like, you know, he was like when I was in university, I was kind of critical. And when I, in my younger days, it was like, uh, h- h- the phrase in Dutch is Kuiper. At every clock strike. So it's right. like Kuiper right. all, all the time. <laughs> Barely, <laughs> so yeah, like a, yeah. every 15 minutes there's like Kuiper this, Kuiper that, and he was like sort of sick of it and over yeah. Kuiper. But then he he basically rediscovers the importance of Kuiper's thought. Interesting. And around that time he is, I mean he was always philosophically interested, but sort of philosophically unfocused. Mm-hmm. And so that's what this is like so 19 22 uh, 21 22 he starts to really develop his philosophy for the first time in this focused way right right right. and um, he's doing it in a way because he wants to take a serious reformed Christian approach to his field of study and as he's studying, uh, you know, jurisprudence and all these sort of things, he's like the 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 philosophical foundations underlying all these competing schools are one at odds with each other, mm. and two not thought through from the Christian worldview uh, presuppositions that right right. Was taught yeah so he's like we gotta gotta sort of like work on this here yeah and uh he ends up constructing you know a reformed approach to ontology and epistemology mm. you know that rivals Aristotle and Aquinas.
0: Man, I remember reading that in, was it, Klauser? Klauser? Yeah,
1: Klauser had said that. Yeah, yeah it's true.
0: right. And it's just, uh, yeah, right. wow, what a big statement to make about someone. <laughs> yeah. You know, so if that, that doesn't get your attention, nothing will, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, so it's not, it's not that he was right about every little thing, but that kind of intellect, that kind of ability, that's not once in a generation. That's once in a millennium. Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> true that so we're so
1: fortunate. I mean, like, praise yeah. God. Anyway, yeah. so in the new critique, he sort of sets out his uh, philosophical project where he talks about there's like five basic elements to it. The prolegomena or foundations of mm-hmm. philosophical thought that involves the transcendental critique. Mm-hmm. Uh, vo- That's largely volume one. Of a new critique of theoretical thought, volume two, is uh, general theory, uh, mo- modal theory. So his modal aspects, if you've heard of that,
0: right? Is that way he's kind of trying? It, it, my, my. I mean, I probably got this wrong, but it's kind of uh, from what I understand is that he he wants to develop sphere sovereignty, uh, but without you know, but he wants to hold on to sphere universality at some level as well. He doesn't want it to drift into some sort of multifaceted thing it wants to keep it in all one sort of uh understanding of things Um, well let me let me put it this way it does it does have a direct
1: connection to kuiper's sphere sovereignty right but what kuiper's sphere sovereignty was was dealing with the relationship between uh, different kinds of societal communities right and what um the the connection between that and uh, modal aspect theory
0: mm-hmm.
1: is that, on a more uh, fundamental uh, basis of, well, what a it might be helpful to explain what a modal aspect is. <laughs> um, it is dealing with not things that exist, but the way in which things exist. Right. Right. So if we say for example, <clears throat> there's a physical material dimension to things. Uh-huh. Uh, and you know, you can also say these other elements that are recognized, um, there's also you know, like a logical aspect to things, right? Right? So some people are thinking, well, there's the uh, empirical and the rational, okay. right? Right? So he's saying, or, you know sense perception and you know of course in for Doyverd, uh the senses or sense perception is distinct then that that way things exist is actually not the same as the physical but in any case you know right. people normally think of in these two yeah. ways right right, right empirical right. irrational and he's saying no there's there's so many more ways okay yeah uh, a limited number, of course, but yeah. other basic ways that can't be reduced to each other. Right. That existing.
0: irreducibility thing that I kept on yeah. seeing that, yeah. And that was basically how you... So you there's
1: know. something like the way societal community communities are distinct kinds and can't be reduced to each other that serves as a kind of principle for relating the modal modal aspects. Right. Yeah. If you can see that connection.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he. So Sorry. yeah, You uh, were that's, saying, so that's, moving through his critique. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's uh, the first part of volume two. And then the second part is epistemology. Mm. And he basically starts off by saying you can't. Uh, sort of on one side, it seems like epistemology needs to come first. But from another uh, angle, it seems like ontology has to come first. Mm hmm. And so he's, he's basically saying you can't separate these two. So anyway, he develops an epistemology. Right. And then in the third volume, uh, he develops uh, a type theory that is a theory of uh, individually existing things. Uh-huh. Uh, and also says the sort of like fifth element in this philosophical project is a philosophical anthropology. All right. And uh, so, what is a human being? Yeah, well, and he addresses that. He addresses that in the third volume of his second magnum opus, right? (laughs) Um, He's got two, he has actually three, (laughs) which is just mind blowing, right? Right. So, how many people do one? He does three. Uh, So, the second magnum opus is um, Reformation and Scholasticism, right. And uh, so, in the third volume, he addresses anthropology. And it, what that that third volume wasn't entirely finished, unfortunately. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's. But in any case, uh, and then uh, his third magnum opus was on Encyclopedia of uh, the Study of Law.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Whew dipped into that anthropology stuff a little bit. And uh, my mind was sufficiently blown for a while. That's probably largely why we procrastinated this uh, this talk a little bit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, OK, I am so not ready for this. Uh, but anyways, yeah, OK, that's that. that's great. So um, and, and you're just tracking through it. Have you read all that? Is that a. I probably have
1: not. Well, I, I definitely have not read it cover to cover. Right. The three volumes. Yeah. Um, I guess I should never admit that out loud again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your secret's safe with me, except it's on the internet. Okay. So that might yeah, be a now problem. it's on the internet.
1: <laughs> People can check back with me. I guess. Have you read yeah. a new critique, cover to cover? It's um. Hard. But um. In any case, so th- so so the comprehensiveness is uh. Is brilliant, yeah. and it's a brilliant system. Yeah, it's a, a it presents both um, a serious challenge through his uh, transcendental critique of theoretical thought to the myth of religious neutrality, right? In right. in quote unquote secular thinking, right? And so he challenges that, and he presents a non-reductionist ontology, right? Um, So those elements, the fact that his whole project was designed to serve as a basis for all the theoretical sciences, all the academic fields of study,
0: uh,
1: he designed it as a basis for his own
0: field. The non-reductionist, uh, non-reductionist ontology thing is that to do with the Archimedean point that connects. Uh, so basically, you've got something outside of the creation upon which all sort of is is uh, starting. Is is that is that the that super rational idea? Um, or is that something a little the bit? The transcendental
1: different? critique relates to that. I yeah. mean non-reductionist ontology does as well, but the, uh, probably the easiest way to summarize what non-reductionist ontology is about or anti-reductionistic or whatever yeah, is that um, in what he will identify as uh, ontologies that are motivated by uh, some religious impulse contrary to Christianity, okay. that, in other words, something that undermines, mm. uh, uh, Fundamental Christian belief, particularly uh, the say the creator creature distinction. Right, right. Um, he identifies in those the tendency to, um, well, here's the parallel term to reductionism is yeah. absolutization. So it focuses on some dimension of reality. And um essentially makes that as God. the fulcrum of created reality. Right, right. Yeah, that's
0: and kind his of what whole I was point, getting at. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. His whole point is is that for example, according to uh Colossians, that it is Jesus Christ right. that brings reality about and in him all things hang together.
0: Right. So you don't want anything else taking that place.
1: Yeah. Uh, when you and... when you take a pagan theory essentially, yeah, and you say it's form and matter, and you say, let's Christianize this mm. by then saying God created that, mm. you've still put that doesn't that doesn't make it Christian mm. because you've still said um as far as you're Understanding of created reality goes, Mm. you've uh, made this one thing, everything else in created reality, depending on that. Yeah, yeah. That's what makes things hold together. And then you just try to Christianize it by saying, well, but God created that thing. And that doesn't give you um, a distinctly Christian way to approach theoretical understanding of reality because you can do that with any pagan theory just right. take the pagan theory and tack god onto the top of it right, you right, know boop, right. baptize it yeah and and then you, you what, what have you done you haven't approached the question of what's a um distinctive christian understanding to reality
0: at right, all right now on the on that exact um sort of, well, I suppose with everything you've been saying yeah. I mean, you sent me a while back, this would have been about it. oh, I see you've got it here as well. So um, you've got you sent me a whole lot of links um, mm-hmm. to, you know, what what might be helpful if people did want to dig up on this a little bit without, you know, spending the rest of their life reading uh, badly through one uh, part of David's uh, critique. But, but, but basically, uh, one, of the, one of the things you sent me was Klaus's intro to Christian philosophy. It was, what, about 20? lectures or something or maybe more and uh i got through all of them and they were very helpful in, in sort of spelling oh, out exactly what you were saying there and just you know it, you know i gotta admit you know I, I i had it and then i lost it again <laughs> and then i found it again and then i lost it again and uh, this was like a year ago so it's hardly fresh uh-huh. for me anymore but um but i yeah uh, you know anyone that does want to get it and keep it yeah you know, that would be a good place to start I think okay um, so Fantastic. what I'll do is we don't normally put uh, these links on just because I'm too lazy to get on that YouTube thing and, and put them oh, all and on. But, in
1: the description yeah okay
0: but I'll go ahead and throw all of this if, if that's okay with you I'll just throw these links on there and um and that, that way people can follow it up and I think it'll be helpful because you got all the good stuff here and also you put me onto the diaaverdian uh where you can get all his works for free which yeah, is that's my quite site. amazing I, isn't I did it that yeah yeah Totally. Good. Which all reminds right, so, me, I got I to gotta like
1: download all those and put them on my, you know, I know. hard drive just in case just someone in case, decides man. to you, take them off. Yeah, exactly.
0: And you never know when we have this global meltdown, you know, post-apocalyptic. I mean, what you f- you're going to have to figure out how to run the PDF file without a uh, computer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know at least you got the pdf file we could do something you know there'll be some I have like post-
1: a bicycle hooked up to a generator
0: that's getting <laughs> like power like yeah. my computer <laughs> see that's that's what we need to be thinking about here that's i, I yeah. get this uh weird kind of hoarding mindset with with things like that i think i have yep. downloaded most of those books just for that reason i will probably not even get close to reading that any that nice of them, but...
1: bookshelf in the back
0: oh bro you know that uh this is the earthquake kit, by the way. This is, you know, I've long, long since given up on hard copies. You know, it's just this, you know, when you got all of it for free, it's just why you want to play around with hard copies. You know, <laughs> I, I've just gotten ebooks the whole way through, but this is the earthquake kit, you know, nice with that global meltdown. You know, I've got it some also real blocks books. radiation, blocks radiation. That's true, and it acts as a great soundboard for podcasting. So, perfect. There we go, books, nice. done not them. All right, so let's talk a little bit because we are talking about uh, client. This is usually our our uh, point of reference, and I think um, you know people that are um, listening to this would probably be interested in just seeing how you in- interact with, um, or how you think David interacts with client, or just some thoughts you have. Really, I haven't got any major program, you know, to, to kind of. Okay. We, we can keep talking about this uh, in some other sessions if it gets too crazy and you want to kind of keep going, but uh, let's at least just set something up and you know, shake okay. some shake some tail feathers. So
1: there were a few points when I listened to you and Chris. Um, yes. I thought that, that'd be helpful. Oh, too. I.
0: I oh, am sure. That would have killed you. That would have killed you.
1: It wasn't. It wasn't was terrible. I, w- I was impressed with your own oh, yeah? knowledge of doybirds. So good job. There
0: we go. There we good go. job. All right. Well, well, that's a good place to start. Now you can slay me. Now you can tear me apart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, so I think the important thing is is. There's a number of,
0: quote unquote, two kingdom
1: guys yeah. who, um, you know, are associated with Klein yeah. or have otherwise been inspired by Klein and kind of have an anti-neo-Calvinist slant. Yeah. And it's important to, you know, I'm not going to try to spend too much time convincing those particular people that they need to take genuine neo-calvinism seriously right or whatever yeah you know me and um daryl hart you know went at it for like 10 years in my 30s and then i stopped talking to him about it and i'm like never mind Okay, old dogs new tricks never mind Sorry, Daryl, <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. Right, well, or whatever, you know, so, <clears throat> but the point is, um, Klein, just
0: as Voss was,
1: mm. is a neo-Calvinist.
0: Right. Interesting. You know? Cause you know, if you had said that to me, um, I don't know what, like maybe three years ago or something, I would have been like, oh, dude, you've lost your mind, you know? But right. but as a result of just tracking with with that interplay between him and and whatever he says, we'll get to who the identity of the neo Doevarians is. Yeah. In the second, but but you know there's something about it that 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 speaks to you know the basic concept that that Doyle was putting forward there, and uh, I mean it's it's crazy, it's crazy, it's quite a big point. I mean I think people have missed this. Uh, they you know, totally I, missed it. E- even if it's not. Um, you know, it may you know. I'm not sure exactly how far we go together on this point, but but certainly, you know, as a general idea, just thinking about Klein as a Kyperian of some sort, rather than as against Cyprian slash neo neo thought or neo Calvinistic thought, you know, I think that just shatters labels and changes things, and you have to start asking new questions, and you yeah. know, it just it just freshens up the conversation, you know, which I yeah. think is is usually helpful on its own right.
1: Yeah, so there is a. Uh, basically, what he ends up criticizing, I think, is totally worth criticizing.
0: Yeah, oh, t- tell me it- about that though. What do you think? Um, just in case we don't get to it, I'd love to know your thoughts on, like, you know, because he doesn't put any footnotes with the, uh, you know, yeah. these neo these. Uh, cryptic, neo um, and I, I think you said something about you were under the impression that was the school from Toronto that he's referring to. Yeah. So basically that, that's who he's referring to
1: the, the, what's now largely known as the Institute for Christian studies in Toronto, ICS. And, uh, <clears throat> these guys don't represent Doiverd's views generally, uh, since the 80s they they reject the idea of creation order Wow so they're basically despite their having postured themselves as being critics of Marxism they're basically neo-marxists okay uh, and you know used reformational philosophy as sort of a, a lingo or cover for you know their socialism and everything else they're doing their yeah. post-modernism and stuff.
0: Okay, so uh, I'm not sure if it was you, that it must have been you that mentioned it, or maybe we uh, interacted after Chris put us in contact on, on Facebook, but one of the thoughts I had there, I wanted to ask you this, um, is, mm-hmm. you know, if you think that, uh, you know, let's say, I mean, I'm, I have no problem with him saying, you know, that, that, that he has, or us saying that, that he had that in mind. yeah. I suppose the, the, the disconnection for me would just to see what follows in his actual section there on in Kingdom Prologue where he's really all about the, you know, he's, he's trying to show that there's, you know, there's a difference between new creation in the city and its uh, its sanctity as a common grace uh, realm. And well, the, why, why wouldn't he go into the more sort of, I don't know, Marxist stuff if he was talking about that?
1: The particular um, work or sort of what was coming out of there at the time mm. that he has in mind, I think, was actually from the 70s. So in 1970, uh, ICS faculty uh, wrote a book called "Out of Concern for the Church." Okay. And uh, uh, John Mitchell, I think his name was, a minister in the OPC, who was an editor for Presbyterian Guardian, which was which sort of was the de facto Denominational magazine for a mm-hmm. while. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he wrote a review of this book and says uh, his impression was that they're trying to do what Klein ends up criticizing. Right. They're, they're trying to make of uh, non ecclesial institutions the kingdom of God. Right. Now, that's basically what he says. So it, 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 it it's it's you know maybe klein didn't specifically have that book in mind but right. he likely would have read it likely would have been yeah, f- sure. so so it was something in the air yes yes makes and sense. Yeah. furthermore uh I, I forget the exact dates but basically uh robert newtson who was van till's um uh, successor at Westminster Theological Seminary, where Klein was at the time, uh, was a Doi-Verdian. Right. Wow. And, uh, you know, an orthodox one. Okay. <laughs> but uh, there was a conference sort of with Van Til, uh, Bob Knudsen, some other people. Klein was likely there. Hmm and some of these guys from ICS hmm. and they sort of had a chit chat conference.
0: And so he would have been exposed to some of that there as right. well. Right. So I suppose um, the, the follow up from that for me just as a bit of a knee jerk, really more than anything else is just, uh, you know, and, and am I right in saying that, you know, if, if he's sort of gearing that critique more at a, a kind of offshoot of Dovier's thought than Dovier's own thought um, that, that yeah David himself is unscathed by by um klein's critique is that is that what you said totally totally all right now you'll uh, find nothing you'll find nothing in uh
1: doevir that you know remotely resembles what klein is criticizing. Right. And I think Klein's totally conscious of that.
0: Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So one of the things um, I did come across just in again not the most extensive reading, I mean, but it's sort of I wanted to get your take on this because obviously you've thought about it more than I have. Um, but let me quickly read, this is from, um, what is it from? Oh, his uh, the, the Christian idea of the state, Collector work series B, volume 12, essays in legal, yep. social, yep. you know the one. All right, um, so he says common grace and the grace of rebirth, let me just give my glasses, one second, uh, common grace and the grace of rebirth um, is, is the, the little subtitle. No dualistic doctrine, uh, nor is there a realm of common grace independent from the realm of special grace in, in Christ Jesus. The fall turned the heart, the root of creation, away from God. Creation, therefore, had to be reborn in its root through Christ. Special or saving grace can accordingly not be a separate realm. It touches, as did the fall, the supertemporal core, the heart, the root of all temporal to, uh, temporal creation. Common grace does not touch the sem- temporal root, but only the temporal ordinances of life uh man you're just gonna have to explain that whole thing to us but but okay. but, um you know in, you see what I'm getting at he's kind of it sounds like he's he, he, you know in my reading of that would be like well it seems like Klein would have something to say about that based on that little section in KP How do you reconcile those two? I,
1: I think they're uh he, he he's saying the same thing uh as Klein there okay so what he's denying in terms of a realm, uh is the scholastic doctrine of natural and supernatural so he's not denying the existence of the supernatural or uh, the spiritual dimension or anything like that but when klein basically says that uh common grace is for the sake of special grace i mean where in uh kingdom prologue he says this it's uh page 170
0: particularly
1: i think oh coming to me but in any case he, he sort of presents that general idea yeah so i'm not using klein's exact words So sure. it's the it's the preservation of the world yeah. stage in order to accomplish right. right okay and that's that's what part part of what what wants to get at. Okay. He's yeah. saying when you have this distinction between common grace and special grace, they're not things that are like uh competing on the same level and alternative realms. Right. So he's saying that special grace is in, in effect regeneration. Right. Right. So that's the super temporal heart that he's talking about. He's talking about special grace involves regeneration. Yes. And common grace is not a sort of. A parallel competitor to that. Right. He's saying common grace
0: preserves the world stage for
1: regeneration.
0: So, you know, in terms of the way. Doevet approaches things, you know. Just leaving aside Mm -hmm. Klein's, um, you know, critique there for a second, Um, you know. So again, maybe I've read this all wrong, but but it seemed to me like he was he was not wanting at all to to uh, make a distinguishing uh, point there between, um, uh, let's say, you know, if we think in Kleinian terms, for example, uh, the kingdom is really that new creation which is. You know, intruded in regeneration. You know that we're experiencing that already. Uh, there's an already not yet <laughs> component, um, and when you're thinking about common grace, you're thinking about uh, the old Adamic order. Essentially, you're thinking about uh, that which is now preserved for the sake of of this intrusion process. But it's it's really quite distinct in the way Klein uh, pu- pulls that together. So the city, uh, the city at least, is a is a common grace institution in the sense that it, it really just. There's, there's um, and I suppose this is what, what the big question is for me, you know, there's no way anything is moved past the eschaton because it's just a completely different thing at that level. Whereas I think with Dover, what I was getting is that, uh, be it post-millennial or a-millennial or, you know, not wanting to complicate it with the question of the millennium there, but, but it seems like he was saying that, you know, this common grace subserves redemption as he was saying there. It's just that. It does so in, in such a way that one can actually, re- well, let's. I don't want to load this whole thing with redeem, but 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 it can. You know, one can exercise uh, or manifest the kingdom in such a way that it actually moves, uh, is redeemed in that it moves past the eschaton at, at the coming of Christ. It it, it you know, and in that way blurs the common grace and uh, special grace in, uh, idea in ways that Klein doesn't. Do, do you think? Do you think that that makes sense? I don't think yeah i don't I don't think
1: uh you know, if someone said, well, <clears throat> you know do, you know, take some passage or something from Doivert and says, doesn't that do that? i mean i i'll I, I'd consider it, but I haven't come across anything like that right what um another way of you know, without too much difficulty, you can put what Doivert's saying in declining in terms, right. so uh, and vice versa, I think, okay. in some ways. Yeah. So, um, before Klein gets into the uh, structure and direction, yes. which I was very impressed that you like had well, that right. That oh, is like, did I about, get it right? Out the laws, the laws and the norms is yes. the structure. There we go. And then the uh, relative conformity to those norms right. or not, yeah, is. Direction and, and that's ultimately, a big part of
0: Neo-Calvinism, right? That's like the heart and soul of Neo-Calvinism. It know, really that, is, and it and 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 it clarifies all these issues. Yeah. So, the
1: direction can also be referred to in the, you know, ultimate religious horizon in terms of the antithesis. Yes. In terms of it. religious antithesis. Yeah, of. Yeah. Um regenerate and reprobate, or uh, not so much between persons, but between the principle of um, love for God mm. and sins, rebellion, and apostasy against God.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. The and way. the love yeah. for
1: God yeah. after the fall, of course, is the principle of regeneration, that which has been turned away from idols back to God mm-hmm. by... Yeah. The grace of god by the special grace of god yes yes right totally yeah and 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 so that's why he's saying where and the way that common grace is operating is not is not like an element of the religious antithesis right
0: okay yeah yeah so it's, it's structurally it's it's legitimate it's part it's un- you know, the even so I suppose one of the big things is that, you know, Klein says in response to the fall, you know, there has to be some level of structural duality. You know, it it uses the whole idea of hell and apart from the kingdom and not always the kingdom and so forth. Do you think so you think that Duyavit himself would be okay with that?
1: He absolutely is. So um in terms of the overlap or intersections between Klein and Doivard, I wanted to, you know, recommend my, the blog post that I had sent to you. Yes. On my blog, so if if you link that for that'll be linked listeners, that would be yeah. great. If if you read that, that's the structure direction thing I'm bringing out. Yes. And that's actually rooted uh, not only in the image of God, which is how I talk about it, but I also make reference to the sense of um, holiness as used in Scripture. And uh-huh. holiness itself has that structure, direction element uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Um, yep.
1: in terms of office and normativity. Yes. Um, in any case, the other element is the heavenly dimension. Right. One of the ways that you can, uh, I, 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 I don't know how dogmatic to be about this, but I, I, I've i been feeling it for a while, so I'm going to put it out there. Maybe I'll <laughs> change this in the future. Yeah. But uh, one of the ways to discern how uh, orthodox of a Dorivarian you're dealing with is yeah. ask what his attitude, his or her attitude towards the super temporal is. Okay. This is one of the elements of Doyvert's philosophy that he got the most grief about and is the most right on. Wow. <laughs> and Klein's uh biblical theology of um the biblical revelation concerning the created heavenly realm. Right. Very similar just yeah. fortifies everything wow. that Doevert said about that. So he affirms in created reality yes. this basic uh two-part schema
0: Well, yeah interesting. of the
1: temporal and the super temporal yeah.
0: yeah and
1: it's essential to every almost everything he says and yeah. so you know so people constantly you know the ics guys the pittsburgh guys there's some other people in pittsburgh pete steen whoever okay. uh, a geneva professor and they're all trying to get rid of it right. and they're all just like basically uh, uh vitiating, totally gutting, Doivert's philosophy. Yeah. Um, so I don't. I don't have any sympathy for uh, any of the anti-supertemporal guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. So he's got a place for for the for the spiritual heavenly realm. Uh, what about the outer beyond the kingdom realm? Like, is there a part of the creative realm that's not the kingdom? Uh, you know, uh, in, in that final eschatological sense, for Doivert.
1: Well, I I mean, I I think he reads, he reads, um, the initial, he doesn't say a lot about it in reference to pre-lapsarian situation, but, um, he reads the creation of the invisible heavenly realm, the eschatological realm, so to speak, and the temporal realm as, uh, sort of essential in this presentation of everything he's talking about and he says our theoretical um abstract hypotheses and theoretical work um we can you know theoretically theologize about what the bible reveals to us Mm -hmm. but uh we're not actually create. it's not possible to create a theoretical ontology of the heavenly realm. The Bible doesn't give us that kind of information to do that. You know, he says what, what we theorize about is the temporal realm. Right. Okay. So say nothing about angel epistemology, let alone the epistemology of the creator who is beyond all creature. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, and um, he and, and this, is, this is fundamental to his approach. So, the structure di- direction distinction that is, you know, even before he gets into that, Klein is using these terms if you pay attention closely. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. So,
1: Duiver illumines Klein's use of the term structure and direction a lot. Uh-huh. And um, I think Klein illumines Duiver's understanding of. Supertemporality.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Do you know like Walters and popularizers yeah. of Neo-Calvinism? I mean, to what degree do they differ from what you're saying is true of uh, you know, Doe Or, or do, do you think any part of Klein's critique impacts them more than it does Doevit? Um
1: there's okay, so one of Al Walters' most famous works is Creation and regained yeah and um the original version of that not the version that mike goheen contributed to Mm -hmm. that i have other beefs with okay but um that does even more problematic things in terms of um an objectionable view of the church's mission
0: okay okay
1: um but before that so the original version without that without the goheen additions there's a few things in there that i would say that's not okay you know these applications of it yeah but the basics of his presentation of the uh structured direction distinction yeah i don't think there's anything in there there that I, i agree yeah that would object to yeah. And I think Klein Klein probably read that, and is working right from that yeah. presentation in his own understanding. Right,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. look, I think um, you know it's clear as a whistle in terms of the structure, direction, embrace, direction, embrace, and all of that. I suppose the here's the thing for me, and you know, uh, still getting my head around this, but I think uh, I'd just be okay. really interested to hear your take. Um, the you know you have as I understand it, basically, in a nutshell, for anyone who has no idea what what we're talking about here in in Neo-Calvinism, basically, it's this idea that, um, you know, and again, here's my sort of rendition of it, uh, rough and dirty and and all sorts, but but basically, uh, you... You have Adam who was given this task to develop these creation norms in a good creation, structurally good, directionally positive, everything's going in the, in, a, in a good direction prior to the fall. Uh, the, the task really coincides with much of what we normally talk about in the Covenant of Works, uh, you know, develop the creation norms. The parallel for me there is uh, Klein's idea of megapolis. You know, you're just, you're building, you're building, it's the protological right. task, right? Right. Um, on track so far good all right yep. and then the fall happens and then you know it doesn't actually impact the the integrity of the created order so in other words structurally it's sound it's good but directionally there's this um, antithesis that that begins at the fall that's right and and so really of course uh, you know you are lost there in in terms of trying to build any any creation norms out and do anything adam was supposed to do but um, as a result of the work of Christ as the second Adam, uh, this comes along and really gives us the opportunity in Christ to to develop the the norms that Adam was supposed to develop, which is the stickler point for a lot of people because you know to the degree that that's involved in the in the thing that Christ did or not, you know that, that almost becomes a question of justification. Uh, but let's like not go there right now and, and just think about uh, you know this idea of 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 the protological task versus this kind of thing now that we have to do in christ and i suppose where i where the wheels come up uh, come off for of me i would like the wheels to be on for this you know i don't want the wheels okay. to come All off right. but it's they, they just do come off a little bit in that i'm seeing clients say you know the goal from the beginning uh, has been this eschatology you develop you develop the creation norms that was never going to even without even without sin entering the picture, it was never going to uh, bring about that eschatological finality. It was never going to um, bring about the, the 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 kingdom. Essentially, it was right, only going to right. be you know um, the task that achieves that final reality, I suppose. Um, and um, you know, this is uh, I, to me different from what I'm hearing David say. And again, this is—I wouldn't be able to give you readings right now—but just you know, my general dipping in and out uh, of, of of the kind of thing he's going for there. He's saying, right, almost like there is this protological task, there is this development. You got to build uh, megapolis with Klein on that. It's just that he's not—he he hasn't quite got that es- eschatology up fr- uh, on the at the endpoint as the telos of, of that idea. And so um, that means that when we're com- coming now to sort of. Uh, get another chance at this in Christ. It's almost like you've got two different things from the ground up going on there. As as a Kleinian, you're 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 saying, um, well, you know, obviously we can't. We're never going to try and develop common grace. And develop a Christian worldview in, that's in any way going to create the kingdom, and in any eschatological sense, we're thinking in ameliorative terms, we're thinking in pres- pre- preservation terms, in terms that glorify God, in terms of subjective sanctification terms, we're thinking in all of those terms. But it feels to me like where Walters goes, and, and this is I'm trying to figure out if this is a good reflection of, of Dooyeweerd or not, you know, he he would sort of move into into uh, more you know, we're not, we're not merely thinking in those terms. We're actually thinking about the establishment of a, of a kingdom that, um, that be it S, uh, be it a millennial or post-millennial, you know, the bottom line is that this moves past the eschaton, our cultural labors um, is part of what ultimately gets us or creates metapolis at the end of the day. So I'm seeing mm-hmm. that as being a, a quite a, quite a big point of distinction. Uh, help me out with that. The, the question of, um,
1: what in this life, in terms of, let's say, sanctification yeah. is preserved in glory, in the consummation, yeah. is one question
0: mm-hmm.
1: different from, uh, say you could pose it this way, is the transition from uh this present age in Christian sanctification evolutionary right in right. in a continuity yeah yeah into the resurrection. Uh, I actually asked uh Walters that at one point. I said um I said one of one of the sort of bad criticism of uh, How you expressed yourself in uh, uh, Creation Regained was that, you know, even though you talked about this is not Uh re-Pristinization, right? He specifically says we're not Uh put back in Adam's original position. Right, right. So he sort of clarifies the issue. Yeah, true. But that's not enough.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> in exactly. some ways
1: because he says other things yes. so you say you know so i said is it is the consummation um a continuous evolution mm-hmm. from this present age and mm-hmm. he's like that's crazy wow okay <laughs> and i was like i'm so glad to hear you say that Why you write it down <laughs> in the book you know <laughs> yeah i was like i wish you had said that yeah but no so he himself thinks that's insane but I said, you know, not everybody thinks that's insane. You know, right. some people are wackadoodle and, and believe in that garbage. Right. Right. So, um, he was like, oh, you know, he he didn't take it to heart too much. He didn't have me write the second edition. He had Mike Goheen write the second edition. <laughs> so he didn't take my criticism too seriously. <laughs> yeah, um, well, anyway,
0: yeah.
1: um, so, I guess that's where it stands. But, yeah. uh, Doiverd's um you know nowhere on the continuum with anybody has some kind of crazy uh evolutionary idea right and um the
0: so i the mean this, that sounds quite striking to me on its own so like his whole project right this whole cosmonomic deal which is just like, all right, let's develop the creation norms. Is he really thinking that that's not going to have a, a an eschatological sort of finality to it?
1: Okay, so um, let me let me say one thing about my understanding of continuity and uh, cultural sanctification, which is a term Klein uses. Yep, yep. And then sort of come back to okay joy. So when Paul and I think Klein is basically in line with this. Um, when Paul is saying our work in Christ is not in vain. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, for example, the slave is uh, Christ's servant that are a christ-free man and that we you know even in our mundane labors are not you know serving men mere men our uh, uh, human masters but uh this is service to god and our life itself is living sacrifice etc etc so <clears throat> um what you know client Klein has this thing about there's no material thing you know like the mm. pyramids or mona lisa or you know that that's a that's a very superficial yeah. right uh way of thinking about uh what passes into the new heavens and new earth and totally on board with that and doiverd was too so he was a right. he was a confessional amillennial yeah and believed in the cataclysm. <laughs> <laughs> so, he didn't yeah. think, you know, there's yeah. nothing, there's nothing, you know, yeah. remotely uh nothing remotely theonomic or post millennial right. in his uh views and or liberal and evolutionary at yeah. all. Yeah. And um so Klein talks about the sanctification of culture and this is a subjective sanctification hmm. and that what is uh preserved or or the 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 thing that's con uh, has a continuity with the new heavens and new worth is redeemed humanity right. right right yeah and so it's what um it's what being united to christ in our life uh the the, the fruitfulness of that mm. that then has some meaning in the new heavens and new earth right we we don't we don't you know the the scriptures don't quite give us a, a totally clear understanding of how uh spirit wrought fruit of uh charity goodness and love i mean we know that is when when we're uh walking in the spirit and uh living in obedience to god and uh expressing faith and love and uh uh living in that new man putting on christ Uh right we know that in some way that has uh new heavens and new earth ramifications yeah i yeah. don't, don't really know what that looks like yeah or exactly yeah. sure you know it, it's glory to god in some way yeah yeah and Doiverd is saying that just in the way and he sort of makes the argument along these lines he makes it in other ways too but he says in the way that the fall of man which really merited eternal hell mm-hmm. right in in body and soul mm-hmm. right so the death at you know from dust you came to dust you will return is oh. not the eschatological curse that was originally threatened the mm. eschatological curse is postponed to the final judgment right right and so the curse of temporal death mm-hmm. is not that but It's basically saying when man sinned against God and there's the common grace, common curse, um, the effect of postponing eternal judgment or the final judgment and a bringing of the, the interim world order, that that affected the entire world order. us in to our union with Christ affecting the entire world order right yeah and so he he says what is that you know in part what does that mean yeah he says well if we have this nuanced understanding of normative uh, law uh-huh. not just ethics, narrowly speaking, uh-huh. but of other kind of norms. And that the fall affected uh, man's center so that in all his temporal expression, he's temporally anti-normative, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. He, he's, he's violating not just ethical, moral norms, uh-huh. but he's distorted You know, so Klein will say with regard to fellow men and to nature, Uh right? But Uh it's also obviously with regard to culture. And that covers all the sort of uh, different kinds of normativity. Uh And that uh, regeneration in Christ affects the possibility of coming into a corrected, principle principally corrected relationship with the interim world order that god norms Mm, mm. yeah and and so it's it's not about it's not about trying to uh create the consummation at all it's about what redemption means right for non-ecclesial uh and additionally uh Uh, normativity beyond just uh, ethical
0: moral normativity right right yeah Uh, i think that yeah that helps i mean it's sort of um you know i think it's it's sort of like if you just get right out of the terminology and you just think about um you know do we have a problem with thinking christianly for example of, of of everything you know, um, well, no, and we shouldn't. And obviously we should. And to the degree that David gives a way to think Christianly about everything. Amen. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, this
1: was one thing I wanted to say about the discussion with Chris and maybe Chris had actually said this, right? So uh, Chris is good about criticism. So here we go,
0: Chris, here we go. You ready?
1: (laughs) Uh, When he said that, I know in some ways I agree So it's a yes and no thing I wanted oh, the man. nuance he's just, he's just so He just kissed you before you even I, I, just, you. I, just, I, just, I just took it back Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. I just backpedaled um, No, when when he said that uh, in culture uh, Christians are doing the same things that non-Christians are doing Right, yes, 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 yes I remember that um, yeah. So one of the other links I, I wanted you to put up Was uh, a lecture, basically a transcribed lecture by Roy Clouser When he says, is there a Christian view of everything? Yep. Yeah. And he talks about the surface level. He used the illustration <clears throat> of passing the salt at a, at a meal. Right. You know, you're with an atheist, and he says, "Pass me the salt." Yeah. And or vice versa, you ask him for the salt, and you both you both know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Uh, so when a Christian adds uh, two to two, and they get four, that you know, arithmetical operation, that calculation is not different Yeah. for the Christian than the non-Christian. Right. You know, we don't live in an objectively different world. Yes. Yeah, Suddenly, <laughs> totally. It is God's world order. Okay, yeah. so that's all true. And now yeah. the critics of neo-Calvinism think they're making some kind of point by saying that right. against okay, neo-Calvinism. Yes. And it's like, yes. no, you're just missing the point. Right. Right. Um, Totally. And, and and you know, and, and it's like, oh, it's so tiresome to hear yeah. that. You know, there's yeah. no such
0: thing as Christian plumbing. And you're like, uh how many times? Right. Anyway, well, you know, this is kind of half the thing that I'm so excited about with the substructural level of, of of discussion because it's it's sort of like you end up just getting stuck on those weird points of semantics and those those tired old <laughs> old sayings and you know the word redeemed. Yeah. I feel the same way about the word redeemed. You know, it's just right. kind of like what you know what what do you mean and and who cares? I hope and, you know, I
1: hope my post uh, the blog post I did years ago that that that, that clarifies it a little bit. You know, yes. may, maybe maybe not, but it puts people in the right. Uh, uh, frame f- for discussing it. right? And the thing, but the thing that Clouser then goes on to say, to say, well, what's below that um, surface level that is distinctively, possibly distinctively Christian. What are we talking mm. about? Mm. Um, <clears throat> He says the best way to ruin um, a uh, party at the, um, uh, math what is it something like the mathematics um uh faculty party is over the punch bowl to ask someone what a number is (laughs) Nice. right this point is is like there's no agreement
0: yes right there's no
1: agreement in non-christian uh theoretical studies about what any of these things are not even numbers
0: yeah Yeah.
1: That non-Christians do not agree with each other. Right. Uh, Why? You know, if, if you're no offense to David Van Jurnen, but if you're David Van Jurnen you don't have a clue why they disagree with each other. Right. Because you think they agree with you, I guess, (laughs) about what a number is. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously they don't. And, and, and the foundations of the disagreement are different religions. They take different things to be the origin of all else that exists, right? And that produces a different understanding of what reality is. Yeah. And Klauser just makes that so clear. So now,
0: and um and it's basically providing a way to just get at the bottom of that, and yeah, and just exactly. And that's just Klauser thinking... needs to be
1: credited for making these points that Doivert made first clearer. didn't come up with this stuff he's just regurgitating doiver and he does so in an excellently clear way yes in almost everything he writes
0: yeah massive hey so just i'm seeing the time yet it's half you know we need to carry on talking we need to do this again sometime but but, uh (laughs) part two okay you know you know what i'm actually what i'm envisioning is uh, trying to upload the stupid hour and a half long conversation onto YouTube with my terrible internet. It's like a day long process. So I think we need to th- split yeah. it up. But there is just one quick thing. Well, we got to get okay. to the Yoda the Yoda meeting with Klein. I mean, we've got oh, to do yeah. that. Oh, yeah. But then the other thing is, um, you know, just in terms of, I just want, I needed to ask you this, because I, I think this is kind of the one little stickler for me again, is that uh, it seems like Dojovet has no problem whatsoever talking about the an institutional representation of the kingdom, outside of that of the the local church. Am I wrong uh-huh. in, in thinking that, or because that seems to me to be very different from what Klein is saying? Um,
1: it's been a while since I've read anything that made me think he was speaking in that way. So there might, there might be some things, but right. you know, basically my, my, my recent readings have been really sure. <laughs> very, I, I hear you. I very narrow, like, yeah. but, but yeah. you know, I'm trying to remember some things out of um, roots or whatever, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't know that it's all that different than the way that say Gerhardus Voss yeah. talks about yeah. it. I could that see that. Klein brings, so Gerhardus Voss in, uh, uh jesus's teaching i I forget the title it's a very long title something like the teaching of jesus concerning the kingdom of god in the church got it yeah uh towards the end of that where he waxes uh kyperion
0: yes yes
1: and talks about spheres and stuff it's excellent yeah but klein does bring some clarity to that discussion yeah and i think at worst um Doevir speaks with the same voice as Voss, right. yeah. On that, okay. and and Klein brings some clarity, so I I appreciate that. I don't I don't think it's something that
0: you like. Klein isn't wouldn't be pointing to Voss and say like here's a mistake. Right, and I suppose what you could say there is that as some have taken Voss and moved in a completely different direction to Klein, uh, you could maybe do the same for that. I don't know that language in David, um, because he hadn't yet. Yeah run that through with Klein to that degree or something like that
1: i guess and but you know i i don't that would be an interesting study to do to um pull out references to Mm. uh the kingdom of god um yeah Yeah. i don't know that he he, he, he he does anything like that but
0: yeah i'm just trying to think i did pull a couple of references but i forgot to even go down that track when i so we'll we'll come back to that. Anyway, it's just some some thought. Now tell us the Yoda story. That's what we all okay. actually came for, man. We came right, for Yoda. So... We wanted to hear that. <laughs> we
1: stayed for the Yoda story. So basically, I was reading at the time um, uh, Pete Steen, who was in Pittsburgh, uh, but associated and I, a professor at Geneva College. A Doi Verdian of sorts or a neo Doi Verdian and associated with some of the ICS guys. And his, uh, I don't know if it's his PhD or master's um, thesis or PhD dissertation, I forget. Anyway, it's helpful in some ways and then super, super wrongheaded in uh, others. And what he does, and and, and then this is also the case with, when I was talking about those who are uncomfortable with doivert's understanding of the super temporal Uh right heavenly Uh dimension basically what klein when he criticizes the monistic uh you know quote-unquote anti-dualism right they say well there can't be uh a difference structurally between the kingdom of God and, you know, a holy realm and a common realm, Uh you know, Uh you know, obviously I accept that. I think that was totally correct. Uh. And I think, uh, does too. And then he brings in the question of hell. And anyway, so, uh, distinction between the created heavenly realm and the temporal realm, Uh. Um, guys like Pete Steen disagree with that. They're so, Mm. uh, monistic in a way you could say in their, uh, thinking that they, they don't, they're basically trying to say, Oh, um, this belief in the heavenly realm, the super temporal is uh, a remnant of scholasticism in Doivert.
0: Okay. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah.
1: And, um, and so, anyway, I was, I was telling Klein about yes, this, and he yeah. was like, "Flat." He was flabbergasted.
0: Yeah. Wow. Interesting.
1: He was like, he said, "You know, when you, as you're explaining why," so I was, I was sort of saying what I appreciated about his work and how he elaborated on the created heavenly realm biblical, biblical theologically. Yes. And all these things, and how it jived with Doiverd, and how I appreciated that against the monistic tendency in these neo mm. Um he was like, oh, I, I keep I keep anticipating that you're going to say uh, erasing the duality between sacred and secular. He says, but, but, but you said between the, like, whatever words I'd use, the yeah. <laughs> earthly and the heavenly or the temporal and the super-temporal. And he's like, it took. It, it, it takes me aback a little bit. I was like, I know. <laughs> awesome. <Wow. laughs> That's how bad they are. Man. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we were basically discussing that how how screwed up their perspective was wow. and how it doesn't have any basis in Doyverd at all and how he uh, illumines I think a lot of what Doyverd is saying and how okay. helpful it was. Yeah. Fantastic.
0: So that's talk Yeah, about. so that's good that you had that sort of uh, personal interaction kind of know that you're on the right track and and moving yeah, forward with them. Yeah. It was very
1: affirming, so. Interesting. He was Man, very encouraging so cool. at the end. Yeah. And so we, we finished talking, he was like, "Yeah, I basically got to go," and stuff. And I was like, "Oh, well, th- thank you so much for your time." And he's like, "I you know, you know, you know, what, what you got to you got to keep uh you kind of got to keep doing this." Like he, cool. did, he didn't exactly use the words uh, we need Christian philosophers to understand good theology, but that was like the gist of what he was saying. <laughs>
0: wow, that's so crazy. Because nice. you know, one it's of the crazy. things that comes up in that um in that little spin that he does in Kingdom Prologue is he, it's mm-hmm. you, you get the impression that well, because he just d- didn't like you know, <laughs> he definitely gives. Uh, all preeminence to biblical theology and biblical data. And, you know, he doesn't like bringing philosophical abstraction into that process. So against frame as well for, for, for other reasons, but um, you know, you could come away from that going, you know, client hates philosophy of all sorts. And, um, and that would be wrong is what you're saying, right?
1: Uh, Yeah. Entirely. Yeah. Yeah. i mistaken,
0: man. Yeah. He rails
1: against a, you know, extra biblical speculation and Doivert is all about poo-pooing that that's why he is anti-scholastic and, and Klein, you know, is right on with that.
0: Right. So there's
1: a lot of two kingdom guys that, you know, like Richard Miller's project, the recovery, the neo-scholasticism and yep. Protestant, yep. Protestant scholasticism. A lot about that is obviously helpful yes. and good historic understanding. Yeah. But, um, Klein's anti-scholastic guys,
0: and so they're not yeah yeah totally you know i together. found that um you know fesco and um you know it's, oh, it's yeah. and, i mean i suppose this pressure. is kind of like moving in a completely different direction with the podcast now and we might we're really going on to round three but but i found that you know there is even a big distinction between what he's saying and what let's say van Drunen is saying you know van Drunen's a lot more open to the the kaiparian ethos i found uh, even though he's yeah. working on this natural law deal you know um uh you know full on but, um, yeah it's just a whole nother interesting discussion as to how they relate and the the, the modern Kleinians versus story of it rather than Klein himself um but man let's keep talking that was great great talking to you man really <laughs> appreciated it and um and I'm sure everyone listening to this would have as well um good luck on your you know if, if we don't talk soon on your uh, typing Jesus, sit yeah, down thank you put your butt in the chair and start writing this stuff down
1: hey thanks I'll 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 take all the prayers you guys have to offer for, on my behalf and um yeah I'll Hey man do the work yeah I know I it's can. like
0: you just you just oh, you just gotta sit down and write write rinse read repeat go again do it again yep. do it again so um good let's leave it at that and um thanks again Greg appreciate it Bye.